Well, hello again, and welcome to Wake Up With Casey. I'm Kimberly, and for this uh, episode, I'm going to talk about, you know, the limited beliefs that I keep talking on, on my podcast and, and, and now on my show. I'm going to go really dig deep on this because the limited beliefs, the mental programmings, and the emotional energetic traumas, you know, how does that affect us? you know, to grow, evolve, and learn. And I have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Candy Graves, and she is a healing uh, practitioner in such a unique way that deals with epigenetics and how it can help us transform and let go of those limited beliefs, mental programmings, and those emotional energetic traumas. So please welcome Candy. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> hello, hello. I, uh, hello. It's a <laughs> wonderful day, and I'm so happy to have you here. And I've been waiting patiently to talk about my favorite topic of epigenetics and how it can help us with our emotional energetic traumas. But um, before we get into that, can you please share with us a little bit of your background? Sure. Um, well, it all really started for me um, when, when I was born addicted to a drug addict mother. And um, from there, you know, I had a, um, some pretty, um, pretty definite and distinct uh, traumas, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, to overcome in my childhood. So my, um, my family of origin was incredibly dysfunctional. Although when we, when my, especially my mom, when my mom walked through the threshold of the front door out into the world, she turned into a different person. And I always was, I, as a child and growing up, I was always, I always watched her and thought, what is happening? Like, and like most children do, we, we decide, oh, well, I must be doing something. Mm -hmm. I must be doing something wrong or I'm not doing something you know, good enough or I'm, or, or I'm not doing it right. And so we do internalize that, unfortunately. And I was no different. I certainly did that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then fast forward in my life, I'm married, I have three little boys and I discover um, my oldest son using drugs at age 13. And I had taken my life in a completely different direction. So when I discovered this, I was, I was angry <laughs> and I was angry at God because I said, wait a second, hold the phone. This was not supposed to happen to me. So anyway, that's kind of the, the foundation. And then I can, you know, I know uh, if you have other questions for me, you can ask, uh, but I can, I can expand on that. Okay. Well, you know, what, what were you doing before, I guess, career wise? And you, you had this like, I guess, aha moment or a self-realization um, of, wait, I, 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 I'm more into this and, and it like transformed or got 
a passion or something yeah. that leads you to what you're doing now? So I have never, I have never known myself any other way than passionate about healing, and particularly in a non-medicinal setting. I was always looking, <laughs> I was always looking for the natural remedy, always looking for a way to to do it without medication. And, you know, I, my mom had depression and anxiety. Um, she was a prescription pill addict. So I stayed completely away from, from medications. Um, so much so that, you know, I could swallow an aspirin <laughs> or a Tylenol or something and right there it would stop. I could not get it past this point. And I knew that, you know, because they scoped my throat and, oh, there's no problem. But I knew that it was emotional. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been on a path um, really for the whole of my life um, and very passionate about finding uh, the answer that isn't in a pill bottle. Uh, that's very good, you know, analogy of, you know, the answer's not in the pill bottle or, you know, the drinking bottle. Um, and, you know, how did you transform your life to where you, you're now doing as a practitioner, you do study and research and like, when did that all come about to... Right. So and probably, what tips can you share? Yeah. So going back to that picture I started to paint for you where I'm, you know, my oldest son is 13 years old and I discover he's using drugs. And I was like, okay, this, this was not the direction my life was going to go because my mantra <laughs> in my mind was, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be like my mom. <laughs> right. Over and over again. And I wound up like her in that I passed on the, um, the tendency or the proclivity for addiction. Now, the, the first time I ever walked into a 12-step group, the first thing they told me was, you didn't cause it, you can't control it, and you can't cure it. And in my mind, I thought, mm, that's not true. <laughs> and, so, and so I just listened politely, but it, it just even made my appetite and my thirst for it even stronger because I am not a rocket scientist. However, when you see my mom on this side of me, then there's me. And then I have these two drug addict sons on this side of me. I'm... I'm in between those two generations. So I knew, I just absolutely knew with every part of me that I had some piece to it, that I had done something to pass it on. And that is exactly what led me into um, understanding epigenetics. And I actually wrote um, a, a protocol um, it's, I call it the epigenetic uh, protocol, and it diminishes trauma up to and including PTSD in a matter of seconds. And we do this with a, in a non uh, or a content-free approach 
which means that you don't um, have to relive your trauma and I don't get secondary PTSD from hearing what happened to you. Um, and so, and that particular, uh, there was a modality I learned about six years ago. And then in that time frame, in the past six years, I've written the protocol that utilizes that particular modality, but lots of other different things that I've learned along the way that I've pulled in. So I've, you know, I've been, I've been in practice over 20 years and, um, um, I should be living under a freeway under overpass somewhere <laughs> given, <laughs> you know, given the, the circumstances that, and the challenges that I was given to overcome. Um, so let me, do you mind, can I share a, a story that really just paints the picture? Perfectly? Absolutely. Go for okay. it. Okay. So <clears throat> I recognize or understand now that my 13 year old son is using drugs. And I, to say that I was angry, angry was, is an understatement. I have, I've never felt so much rage and it, it really was at God because I had taken my life in a direction where I felt like I, I had found the truth and I had found the, all the answers. And so I, the problem was I was living this life and it was working for me, but it wasn't allowing, you know, expression for my children. They, they were under this very, you know, heavy hand, so to speak. Um, and so as I moved forward and, and, um, there was, there was an event that sort of, uh, kept happening and I'll, I'll share what that is. So like any good father on a mother's day, that father wants to gather those children around and honor their mother and his wife. And that, that was true of my husband. Um, and year after year on mother's day, he would go to great lengths to, um, make sure that I was honored and um, it always turned out terribly. <laughs> I oh. literally became the wicked witch of the West and it got to the point where my husband would approach me and he would say like a couple weeks before he'd say, okay, mother's day's coming. <laughs> and he'd say, can you be nice? And I, this was my explanation. I just said, oh, more than anything, I want to be nice. But have you ever heard of the movie called The Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've, I mean, I've never seen the movie, but I, <laughs> that, that title really spoke to me. That is exactly what was happening to me. There was something in me seeking expression and it really felt as if I was not completely fully in my body and yet I didn't know I had no idea what was happening to me and so mother mother's day would come and I was an absolute witch flying around on my broom <laughs> and then you know 
this feeling inside of me subsided as the day ended and then we were back to normal again. And and normal was, you know, still a pretty stressed out, uptight kind of a individual um, because I hadn't really dealt with all of my childhood trauma. Well, so you understand, right? So yearly this would happen. So then, then, you know, fast forward and I'm taking a, a, a year long course in emotional release And I had an event begin to surface. And this, so this particular event, I had completely repressed. I had no memory of it whatsoever. And as it began to bubble up, I call it, sort of find itself, uh, its way to the surface, I was able to fully see and understand that event and ultimately, I was able to hear, heal it with a, uh, with a modality I still love and use, which is called uh, neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP. Mm-hmm. And it's very effective. Um, it's I consider it the slow boat to China, <laughs> um, especially, especially knowing the epigenetic technique that I do now. Um, mm-hmm. However, sometimes it's really, you know, it's very... Uh, every person that sits in front of me, I get an intuitive read with them and on them, and I'm able to know exactly what modality actually is will be the most beneficial for them. So sometimes NLP is certainly on the docket. Well, um, I'm curled up in the fetal position, <laughs> you know, early on as this particular event found expression and I was able to remember everything about about the event and then let's you know a little drum roll right Uh, and if you remember Paul Harvey the rest of the story is that uh, well let me tell you about the story first so what what surfaced for me was um, my mother attempted suicide and I was nine years old and my sister just older than me I was 16. And so uh, because obviously my sister was able to drive uh, and I wasn't, we were able to get my mom, um, picked her up, the two of us, and walked from her bed out down the hall through our living room and out the front door and we put her in the car. Um, My sister obviously drove and my sister just told me, you know, to hop in the back seat with my mom. And what my sister told me was, she said, help her. (laughs) Well, I'm nine years old. My mother's face is swollen probably three times its normal size and it's blue. And it, this was a very, you know, scary thing for a nine year old. And, and, um, I honestly did not know what to do. But I heard and felt this information just sort of drop into my brain. And so what I did is I put my hand in her mouth and I pushed her tongue down and over to one side. And that was the information I got. And that information certainly helped because she began to pink up a little bit. And now we had a 20 minute drive to the closest hospital. And so I did that for 20 minutes as we drove my mom to the hospital. Wow. 
this was, you know, this was a hundred years ago. Not, not really. I'm not quite, that old. <laughs> but, um, but do, do you recall when I said we walked through the living room and out the front mm -hmm. door? So sitting on the couch was my dad behind a newspaper and he sort of turned the corner of the newspaper down and, and saw what we were doing and then quickly flipped the newspaper back. Now, when, when I had that remembrance and that awareness that that's what my dad did, everyone that's ever worked with me around this event has said to me, okay, so let's talk about the anger that you have at dad. And I said, no, <laughs> I, I don't have any anger at dad, none. I knew exactly how he felt. And more than anything, I wanted desperately to join him on that couch because that little nine-year-old girl had a secret. And it was a secret even to me until all of this came forward. But the secret I had was that that little girl actually wanted her mother to die that day. And I had made a decision about myself that only terrible, horrible, awful people <laughs> want their own mothers to die. Um, but wow. my mother uh, inflicted <laughs> a lot of pain into my life. And I, I knew what my dad was thinking. I knew what he was feeling. And I wanted more than anything to join him on the couch. I, I wasn't angry at him. So here's where the drum roll comes in and the rest of the story is um, that event took place on Mother's Day. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> so um, crazy to, uh, to, to have this awareness as well. My oldest son was born on May 7th and we brought him home two days later on Mother's Day. Mother's two Day. years later, my second son was born two weeks early on May 13th, Mother's Day. Whoa. <laughs> so I have this, I have, I had this in, just incredible, almost cosmic experience going on around this date. And um, today I have total recall of the event. I know exactly how the day played out. The only difference is that the older version of me, the, the parent, I was able to reparent that little girl because that little nine-year-old didn't have anybody to tell, gee, you know, why are we trying? I had a 16-year-old sister barking orders at me, telling me what to do, and I didn't know I had a voice and could say, um, I, let's not take her to the hospital. <laughs> right. You know, there was no, way, her misery. <laughs> no, I was, there was no way that was going to happen. But that piece where my dad just watched us in, in complete and utter disgust at my mother. And I totally understand that. So reparenting is also a really powerful tool 
that I assist clients with and teach clients to be able to reparent various parts of the, of themselves um, in order to um, have a different perspective and see the actual truth. Is the truth that this little nine-year-old girl was a terrible, horrible, awful person? No, that wasn't the truth. The truth was it was a little girl whose needs were not met. And that's all she really wanted was to have her needs met and to be loved, especially by this mother who was, for the most part, 99% of the time, <laughs> she was she was unconscious. And um, so epigenetics <laughs> plays a role in my awareness and understanding that while, you know, a 12-step program told me you didn't cause it, you can't control it, you can't cure it, I sat here with an absolute knowing <laughs> that that was not true. Now, cause it, am I the original cause? No, and here's why. Um, we are all cooked in energy soup. So the, the, the energy of my parents that quite, you know, quite honestly came together because of familiarity and because it felt comfortable or, quote, normal to them to come together. And what I'm saying is, you know, my mom came from a long line of alcoholics. My dad, um, his father was a, a very angry and actually very mean alcoholic. And so those two came together, not by accident, <laughs> not at all by accident, but mm -hmm. by, by energy. And so did I actually cause um, my children's issue? No, I didn't cause it. But um, it, it's, like, it's like standing in front of two mirrors and the mirrors are facing each other. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but but what it provides is this um, uh, ripple effect. Yeah, ripple effect, and it goes on forever. So it's like standing in front of those two mirrors and having the understanding that, well, while I didn't do what I did on purpose, neither did my parents, because my parents were a product of their parents who were a product mm -hmm. of their parents, right? And it goes on and on. So the truth is, Blaming just be lames us, right? To blame is to be lame, which means we can't move forward. We have to take accountability and responsibility. And I can, and I can ultimately do that. And I have, um, and that's what, that's what really I believe my children gave my children a chance to have sobriety today. Um, because of me taking accountability and responsibility. So I didn't necessarily cause it, but I certainly had a part in passing it on. But you pass things on to your daughter, your mm -hmm. children. Every one of us has. It's impossible to have for us to have done it any other way. And that's because of energy. So I love, um, I posted on my Instagram, a, it's, a, it's a really cool picture, sort of depicting the chakras and talking about epigenetics. And I love this. Let me just read it to you. It says, 
We are not controlled by genes like computer programs are controlled by code. This is a, a fallacy prop propagated by Darwinian-based scientism for almost two centuries. Genes are a biological tendency for expression. Changing our state of consciousness can influence or even change completely the tendency for expression. When we do this, our, quote, code can actually be rewritten and a different manifestation can be expressed. And then, it, and then I love this. We are not the code. We are the writers of the code. I wow. love that. <laughs> so, well, you, you talk so, about the, the mirror, you know, looking at the mirror and everything. And with my understanding and, and what I came to realize through thanks to Greg Braden, because he just like some phrase, some sentence that he said, and it caught my attention. And he goes, you know, we're all created of energy and, you know, thoughts and feelings create emotions, which creates energy. He goes, you were in your mother's womb. Everything she felt and experienced, you did too while in the womb. And I thought about that for a second. I'm like, yeah, but she was also in her mother's womb too. Exactly. And it goes back. It keeps that energy yes. just transfers and keeps going on until you wake up and realize that those toxic patterns, that energy from those. And then look at the history of timeline of all the wars back in and what everybody was experiencing. Right. It, just, it keeps compiling until you wake up and like, yeah. oh, my God, that's when I had a self-realization when Greg Braden said that I was like, hold up. I'm like, how do I change that? I don't want my, you know, my mom and my ancestors. <laughs> I'm gonna be real bullshit. That's their stuff, not mine. <laughs> right, I want to live right. my life, kind of thing. Yes. So, what do you do to help transmute that or um, well, it get rid says of it? it? It says it right here, right? Consciousness can influence or even change completely the tendency. So, I absolutely know. <laughs> that my waking up to and understanding this idea of, well, one, my experience as a, as a nine-year-old saving my mother's life and then fast forwarding, I'm a young mother with children of my own and I want nothing to do with them honoring me. And a big part of that is because the little girl inside of me knew she didn't deserve to be honored because she was this terrible, horrible, awful person, right? Well, it t t when we have awareness, we are halfway there. That's how, this is how it changes. And this gives us the opportunity to write it differently. We're not the code, we're the writer of the code. And so when I changed and took accountability and responsibility and said, okay, I no longer need to to live their life for them. A real quick story: my young, my middle oldest son had been gone for he was 17 years old, and we didn't know where he was for over two weeks. He, long story short, I ended up being with him, and I took this opportunity to take accountability and responsibility for what I could. And this is what he said to me: He said, "Mom." 
I never had to feel bad about anything I ever did. And I thought about that for a second and I said, why? And he goes, you did it for me. And the second he said that, <laughs> I had this overwhelming uh, sense of, I have just, this truth has just been spoken. And I, yeah. said, I said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, you're right. And, and I just said, I'm doing everything in my power to wake up to this pattern and then, and, and trust me, I'm going to do everything I can to put this pattern behind me. And, and he literally was, is just a product of my energy soup that I was cooked in, but also my, my husband's energy soup. Mm -hmm. The two of us came together because we were flaming codependence. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it felt familiar. It felt comfortable. It felt like love. So think of the word familiar. Mm -hmm. um, there are two words in that word, family and liar. Mm -hmm. Familiar. Family Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. that is a representation of the, the generational patterns that get passed on. And we've all, we've all thought that it was gen genetics that passed these things on. Let me read you this. It says, um, so the study, so epigenetics is the study of changes in organisms caused by modification and gene expression rather than alteration of the genetic code itself. So epigenetics has transformed the way we think about genomes. And a genome is all the inheritable traits of an organism. So when we wake up, <laughs> we, we see it differently and then now we have a chance to do it differently. So here's something I share with my clients all the time, and let me share it with you. So, mm -hmm. um, so, okay. So Kimberly, just imagine that you and I are in, we're part of an experiment and we're in a room and there are scientists in the room and they have a box in the center of the room and they place, and before we enter the room, they have placed a wave and a particle in that box. So they know there's a wave and a particle in the box. So Kimberly, you are introduced into the room and you're told to open the box and tell us what you see. And you open the box and you see a wave. Okay, thank you, Kimberly. And then Candy's invited into the room, open the box, tell us what you see. I open the box and I see a particle. Now, they did this over and over and over again, but what scientists were able to determine <laughs> is that it was completely dependent on the observer. What we see depends mainly on what we look for. So was I wrong? Were you wrong? No, but it is our proclivity or our 
um, pattern <laughs> that gives us the sight that we have. That's why you saw a wave and I saw a particle. Both were in the box, but you saw one thing and I saw another. And so this is that idea of, of epigenetics where we can change the writing of the code by what we see. And we have to begin to look for what we actually want to see, not what um, has always been there, right? Which is then just, just accepting a default future. And the default future is literally the path, taking the past and throwing it on top of our future. And that's all we're ever going to see unless we decide to see it differently. And we have a waking up moment of, holy crap, mm -hmm. <laughs> this, this, I have, I, I have some, I have some skin in this game. I have some responsibility here and I need to, right. I need to take that responsibility. Is that, is that helpful? Yes, it is. And it, and it goes to, to, to what I've been like educating in and enlightening others with is we keep repeating history over and over and over again, just different timelines, yes. like different eras. Yes. And I'm like, we yes. got to wake up. This program's not working anymore. It's like being in a matrix, yes. like Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Right. Every day is the same day. And it's like, hello, we got to wake up from this. Right. <laughs> Create a new reality to where we all get along. It's a program. Yes. We got to get out of it. Yes. Yes. There you go. I'm just so. Um, you have a. Yeah, go ahead. You have um, a website. And yes. there's, well, there's a mini there's course. A, yeah. Share that with us. Yeah, so um, I have a couple of web websites. My just regular website is called asyouthinkyouare.com. And as you think you are is my business name. Um, and then I've created another little website where th this will allow you to go and, and uh, capture a free, uh, a free mini course. Honestly, the mini course is just a history of energy healing. Um, and I kind of take you through, um, you know, kind of where it all started for me so many years ago into what I'm doing now. And it, it's we make we can make so quick uh, the work that was so long and tedious uh, once upon a time. So that energy healing course is 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 exciting for you and it's free and it's at Beyond Belief Healings with an S. Dot com so beyond belief healings.com and um, part of the reason that's called beyond belief healings is I've written a five-step uh, process to help you to reprogram your subconscious mind um, and it's using positive affirmations but in a way you have never thought of using positive affirmations. <laughs> Wow, impressive. <laughs> it's a way to sort of smoke out what's written there on the subconscious, and we use positive affirmations to do that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I think 
I put one of, I think I put that what um, your website in the description for the okay. audience to be able to, and then I'll add the other one as you think you are. Um, okay. Do we have a book about to be written from you? <laughs> well, not about to be. We're in the process of. It's it's a it about to be published. Let's do that. <laughs> well, someone yeah. told me to hey ask her about the book, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah great. We're, when, we're, do you, you know. when do you expect to for oh, it to be? Oh my goodness! You know, this year for sure, 2021 is the year. It has to happen. <laughs> well, congratulations. What's the title? Um, still working on that um, because what it's what it's doing is you probably you're going to end up learning way more about this particular person called Candy than than you ever wanted to. But it my my life has sort of served up for me. Um, this lifetime, if you will, <laughs> has just served it up for me in such a profound way. And there are just certain things that I I never had to even wonder about. I didn't even guess. It was just an instant knowing. And we call that pure intelligence. And I've, I've just had those experiences. And obviously, I, I never deny those. And I just take that and run with it. Um, so, and, and it's, it's a journey to kind of get to that place where you are aware <laughs> that those things are there and that you shouldn't ignore them and you need to move, you know, move quickly in that direction. So um, I use kind of my life as an outline to teach everything that I've learned and that I know. And then for you to be able to, I'm very um, passionate about um, you know, you've heard a, a, a good mother works herself out of a job. Well, so does a good pattern breaking energy therapy practitioner <laughs> work herself work herself out of a job. I want more than anything to empower you um, because the real work happens when you're alone at night with a pen and paper and you're able to just to get get in there and write and uh, that's um, and and I give you ways to 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 if you feel like you're stuck and you can't journal because um, I've been there certainly myself and so um, it's I have some tips and tricks to help you to be able to have that writing flow and it's really really healing and important so well, I look forward to that book coming out so I can get it. And it'll be on your website when it comes out. It will. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So when when that book gets ready to be published, I got to have you on the show again so we okay. can announce the, the big publishing day to order that book. Yeah, for sure. I want to thank you so yeah. much for sharing such good wisdom and sharing your story with, with us, Candy. I, you're... You're an amazing woman. Well, I, I've proved I can take a beating. That's yeah. Sure. <laughs> the ones that are like very intuitive and I guess have these, you know, the light workers or energy healers, they go through some hardcore shit. Yeah. And it's call it that. <laughs> it, I'm just being real. I mean, yeah. I with everything that I've been through and overcame, it's like, wow, I'm, 
you know, now I'm looking at myself like, like you're one badass. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I kept it. I kept it very G-rated here today, so you're you're definitely gonna want to read the book. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's a tell-all. <laughs> well, my show's about honesty, authenticity, and just being real. You know, and it's the only thing that works. <laughs> it is. I, I'm looking forward to everybody else joining in. You know, <laughs> like let's right, just right. Come on, join this party for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Candy, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I appreciate you being on you. the show. And Thanks. thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, thank you. I, it's, I'm slightly passionate about it. So my pleasure. I can tell. <laughs> you can tell. It shows. Good. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This is Wake Up With KC. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope this episode helped you. Join me every Monday and you can reach out and say hey at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com. Have an amazing week and talk to you next Monday for more amazing topics to share with you that you don't want to miss.